So this is Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And so now he is gathering in his house, teaching the Bible. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left. Not even outside the door. He preached the word to them. And some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat and the, that the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, everyone say their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man. When Jesus saw something happening corporately, he spoke to the man individually. Son, your sins are forgiven. Their faith. I want to preach from the topic today, their faith. Their faith. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that um, something would spark in us tonight as I preach that would just um, release faith for friendships, for relationships, that we would leave isolation and truly enter into community. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So God said in Genesis chapter 2, it is not good for man to be alone. For all of Genesis chapter 1 and most of chapter 2, he's saying it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good, this is good, that is good, this is good, that is good. And all of a sudden he looks at Adam and he goes, it is not good that you're alone. Now think about this, Adam was perfect, Adam was sinless. Um, Adam and God had a perfect relationship. Adam had dominion over all of the earth. And yet God said it is not good. He said, he said Adam, you need help. And I want to tell every person in this room, you need help. So he said, I'm going to give you a help mate. I'm going to give you help. Listen, you need help. Married or unmarried, it doesn't matter. You need help. Single or with somebody, you need help. You need help. God said, Adam, you can't do this by yourself. It is not good that you're alone. Yes, we have a relationship, but you need help on the earth. And I just want to tell you, you need help. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, and I just want to say this, when one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Everybody say help. <laughs> but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And I want to tell any person in this room that does not have a circle of godly friendships, you're in real trouble. Because you will fall. The Bible said in Proverbs that a righteous man, though he falls seven times, gets back up. I want to submit to you that a righteous man can only get up because he has righteous friends. Because there's going to come a day that you fall. There's going to come a day that you screw up. There's going to come a day that you mess up. There's going to come a day that you feel alone. There's going to come a day where you're discouraged. There's going to come a day that you're depressed. There's going to come a day that you're baby sick. There's going to come a day that you don't know what to do. And when you fall, you better have some people around you that don't let you stay down but pick you up and say, we're going to do this together. And if you're alone tonight, friend, you're in real trouble. 
So from the beginning, God designed us to walk together. He designed us to have godly relationships. You are better with others. You are better together. And by the way, when God saves you, he saves you into a family. This is why when Jesus taught us how to pray, in Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6, the disciples say, teach us to pray. He said, pray like this, our Father, because you're going to pray within community. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That means you have to share. <laughs> Forgive us our trespasses. As we trespass and, and, and uh, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. Us, us, us. If you're only praying about you, you're missing the real power of prayer. Because prayer should not only change your world, it should change the world. And if your prayer is only about you, you're praying selfish prayers that are disconnected from the kingdom of God. <sighs> I, I, I got to be connected. See, see, a personal relationship with God, vertical, everyone say vertical, vertical. should lead to healthy relationships, horizontal. Everyone say horizontal. horizontal. Think, about, think about this. If your life, look, 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 if your life doesn't look like the cross, you probably haven't received the cross. You, you've received a Jesus that you've created in your mind. But a real vertical faith, if it never leads to horizontal love, I don't really have the cross. I have a figment of my imagination. I have a religious exercise. This is what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 because he's teaching these people about real faith and real love. And he goes, he goes, even if I could move mountains, if I don't have love, I don't have anything. Even if I could speak in tongues and prophesy, if I don't have love, I don't have anything. If I could do miracles... If I give away all my money to the poor, but I don't have love. In other words, if this is only vertical, but it's never expressed horizontally, I don't actually have love. If my life doesn't look like the cross, I probably haven't picked up my cross. If my life doesn't look like the cross, I'm probably rejecting the cross. If my faith never expresses itself in love, I probably don't have real faith. Some of you are folding your arms going, well, I don't believe that. All I need is Jesus. I just need the Lord. Me and God are good. I got God. I got a, I got a relationship with God. Me and God have a deal. You don't have a deal with God outside of the deal he already gave everybody. So let's start there. Should I be clamping for this? I don't know if you should be. See, you, all I need is Jesus is an absolute giveaway that you're just a religious person. Because you, not, not all you need is Jesus. No, all you need is whatever Jesus told you you need. And what you need is what Jesus said you need. And Jesus said... You can't be alone. Jesus said, if you're alone, you're in real trouble. Jesus said, it is not good for man to be alone. So all I need is Jesus. No, all I need is the thing that Jesus said I need. And what I need is you. I need you. 
See, this man in Mark chapter 2, he needed Jesus. He needed a miracle. He needed forgiveness. Only Jesus could forgive and only Jesus could heal. But it took the right friends to get him there. And so, yes, all I need is Jesus, but I need the right relationships that get me to Jesus because my relationships, like an escalator, are taking me up or they're taking me down. I'm going somewhere. My friendships are taking me somewhere. So show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I know exactly where you're going in life right now if you show me your five closest friends. I can look at your five closest friends and tell you tonight if you're in trouble or if you're going in the right direction. Well, no, no, no. I can separate my life from my friendships. That's such a lie. It's a lie. It's deception. Because my friendships are molding my future. So, so this man had four good friends. Just give me four good friends. This man had four good friends that got him to Jesus. I want to talk about four things you need in a friend and four things you need to be as a friend. Whether single, married, dating, engaged, it doesn't matter. You, you need these things. Number one, you need to be an encourager. And you need encouragers in your life. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. People don't need less encouragement. People need more encouragement. Life is crazy. The world is dark. We need more encouragement. Encouragement. In. To place courage within somebody. And have you noticed yet? I don't know if you've got, if, if, if it's all connecting yet, discouragement doesn't work. Are we there yet? Have you noticed that discouragement never leads to transformation? Have you noticed in your marriage that yelling doesn't work? Sir, you've never screamed at your wife and 20 minutes in your wife goes, you know what? You finally yelled long enough and loud enough. And you hit that perfect decibel. It just, I'm I'm changed. I'm transformed. I, I didn't know and now I know because you yelled. It was that third F word that really just... Uh, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Ma'am, your husband's never going to go, wow, you just screamed at such the perfect pitch. Babe, I, you know, I, I thought I was right, but as you screamed in my ear, and you told me I'm nothing but a little boy, it was, it was then that I realized, you're right, babe, I love you more. Discouragement discouragement never leads to heart transformation. That's why the Bible actually says in the book of Romans that it's God's goodness that leads me to repentance, not his wrath. That's why angry preachers that preach angry messages and get big, you know, salvation altar calls, they don't last. Because that's fear. and God doesn't use fear to transform because he knows it doesn't work. Only goodness transforms. Only encouragement transforms. And you need to be a source of encouragement and you need to be around encouragers. And you don't have to put up with discouragement. You you don't have to be around people that mentally and emotionally beat you up all the time. We need encouragement and we need to be encouragers. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. This is the Apostle Paul talking. 
We face conflict from every direction. Battles on the outside, fear on the inside. But God. Everybody say, but God. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encourages us by the arrival of Titus. You know what? We read that. Leave that up for a second. We don't, we don't believe that. You know how we want verse 6 to go? We want verse 6 to go something like this. But God answered my prayer in the middle of the night. The Lord Jesus appeared in my room. And he spoke to me. And he laid hands on me. And I fell out under the power of speaking in other tongues. And I came, I came up and I was completely encouraged and fed by the word of God. And I got a revelation from the scripture. And now that's, that's what we want because what we really want God to do in our life, we want him to do something sensational. But most of what God does in your life is not sensational, but it is supernatural. And a lot of times we miss the supernatural move of God in our life because we're looking for the sensational. Now, I know this to be true because every week, every week, you, you, y'all, Y'all send me new prophecies from new prophets that pop up on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Pastor, have you seen this prophet? This is really powerful. This is probably going to happen tomorrow and you probably need to get ready. And And these prophets keep missing it. Can I tell you why? Because they're not prophets. But we love it and we send them money and they make money off of you. Why? Because you want the sensational. You know, Pastor, we're just ready for you to, like, go deeper. We just, like, want to go deeper. Like, just let yourself go, Pastor. Just go deeper. In other words, don't teach me the Bible. I want the sensational. And these, these dudes, they miss every prophecy, and you keep supporting them. Yo, Stop getting your entertainment from ministers. Watch a movie. Get Disney Plus. Watch Mandalorian. Do something else. Stop trying to fight. Because Christians are so craving. And and 2 Timothy chapter 3 actually warns of this, that Christians heap upon themselves teachers. You know why we have so many terrible ministers in America? Because you want it. Not you, but your friend. Not you, but you. 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 You want it. You want sensational, emotional, prophetic ministry. And you don't want anybody to just open the Bible and say, do this. This will change your life. We want mysteries, but we don't want just the truth of God's word. We want the sensational, not the supernatural. And here's the thing that's really damaging, not just that. What's really damaging is that we think that is what the supernatural is. Therefore, we never let God use us supernaturally. Because we're waiting for God to use us sensationally. Well, God could never use me because I don't have this and I don't have that. But God, verse 6, put it back up. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encourages us by the arrival of Titus. So what God does, he does through you. 
And what God does through you is very rarely sensational. The vast majority of the time, it's supernatural, but it's not sensational. It's a, it's a text at the right time. It's a phone call at the right time. It's taking a friend out for a meal and loving on him. It's, it's just supernatural. You know, I had to decide three years ago when I planted this church that I wasn't going to preach sensational messages. About six times a year, six times a year, I'll preach you all on your feet. I mean, I'll just get it going. And, and even me, I mean, I leave Sunday and I'm like, that was sensational. I mean, that was fire. But you know, I can't do it every week. Number one, because my voice can't handle it. Number one. Number two, I don't want to put myself under the pressure of, oh my gosh, I got to hit a home run again every week. I got to kill it. I don't need to kill it. Because what you need from me is not sensational. What you need from me is supernatural. What you need from me is, this has changed my life. And if you'll do this, it'll change your life. Good night. See you next week. That's what you need. But that's not sensational. But it's very supernatural. And in the same way, you can embrace that for your own life. We're talking about encouragement. I had lunch with a few friends this, uh, about a week ago. And after lunch, one of the friends sent a group text. And We're old men, but we still group text. And uh, he's like 42, and he goes, he goes, I've never had friends like this. He goes, I'm 42. And he goes, I've never had friends so encouraging. I've never had friends so hyped that I'm winning. And I've never had friends, because a year ago he went through a major setback. He goes, I've never had friends who were with me every day through the battle. He goes, I just can't believe it. I've just, I didn't even know this existed. And you know what? At lunch, we were, we were gassing him up. We were celebrating a huge win in his life. We were fired up. We were saying, praise God. We were praying. We were fired up. None of it was sensational. The only thing sensational was the garlic tuna from Jenga. That was sensational. Oh, it's so good. That's it. And the Joe's special. Go order that roll. It's fire. That was the only thing sensational. Nothing about the conversation was sensational. It was just, but listen, but listen. But it was supernatural. And he left that lunch and he sent a text and he goes, I just can't believe it. I just didn't know friendship like this existed. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encourage us by the arrival of Titus. Find you some friends that will encourage you and choose to be an encouragement. Number two, we need faith builders. I got I to move fast. Now. We, we need faith builders. Faith builders. These four men knew that what this man needed was Jesus. These men knew that their friend needed Jesus. I'm talking about faith friends. New friends, old friends, I don't really care, Drake. You need faith friends. <laughs> faith friends. 
I don't care if your circle is big or small. I really don't. You need faith, friends. You need friends that will keep you looking at Jesus, that will keep you pointed at Jesus, that will keep you seeking Jesus, that will, even when you're down, even when you're broken, even when you can't get up, they will pick you up and they will drag you to Jesus. You need somebody in your life that is keeping faith, friends. I'm talking about faith builders. I'm talking about when you fall down, they pick you up. And if they've got to tear a roof, a hole in the roof, they'll do it, whatever it takes. They're committed not only to you, they're committed to your walk with Christ. Faith, friends. We're talking about faith builders. And yes, you need a personal relationship with God. You know, I grew up with parents that were godly parents, and they had this thing called a quiet time. Every morning they had a quiet time. A quiet time, I don't know if you call it a devotional quiet time, I don't know what you call it, time with God. But it was time they read the word and they prayed. They did it every morning. It was an amazing, I have memories of waking up, going downstairs, and there's my mom, there's my dad, reading their Bible and praying. Very cool. I love it. And you should have a quiet time. I have a quiet time. I believe every believer should have a time with God. But listen, beyond that, there are going to be times that you don't have the strength to pray. You just don't. You don't have the strength to worship. You don't have the strength that you're just, you're so beat up by this world. Like this man, you, you don't feel like you can walk by faith. You're just, you're done. You're crippled. You're broken. And in those moments, you got to have some people in your life who will pick you up and will not let you stay there. They go, we're going to Jesus. I'm dragging you to church tonight. I don't want to go. You don't have a choice. I'm picking you up at 530 and you're getting in the car and we're going to get Dutch bros and we're going to go to church. And if you don't, and if you're not outside, I will break into your house. I will punch you. I will then throw you over my shoulder. And then we will go to, you're, we're going to church. I'm depressed. I don't want to go. We're going to church. It's been a long week. We're going to church. Do you have some people like that? I have people like that in my life. I have people that I can call for real. And they'll answer the phone and I'll just go, oh, man. And they'll go, what's wrong? I don't know. We got, I got this and I got this and we got this. And we got, okay, let's pray right now. Here we go. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you right now. How Shannon, what's, do you need a vacation? What's going on? Are you reading your Bible? Do you still love Jesus? If you don't, I'm flying there and I'll kill you. No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Faith builders. You better have some people like that in your life because if you think you're so strong that you'll never fall, faith builders keep you from having a bad day turn into a bad year to just having a bad day. I know people have a bad day and that turns into a bad week, turns into a bad month, turns into a bad year. And all of a sudden you're like, what happened to them? A faith builder, a faith friend says, okay, you're going to have a bad day and we're getting up tomorrow. Amen. Come on, somebody. There's a difference. Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess unswervingly fire word by the way amazing for he who promised is faithful now listen I, we read 23 and we stop and we go wow okay man i gotta hold on to hope unswervingly i gotta hold on i can't be distracted i can't go to the right or to the left i gotta keep moving forward no 
you don't do verse 23 alone. Verse 24, and connection. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You don't hold on to hope unswervingly without having some people in your life that are spurring you on. Now, I don't know if you know what a spur is, but it's not a basketball team in Texas. A spur is a thing that cowboys wear. They put them at the end of their boot, the heel of their boot. And when they ride that horse and that horse starts acting up, the cowboy has to let the horse know who's boss. And so they spur that horse. I'm not saying I'm pro riding horses or if you're Peter Cool, I'm not like trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying this is what it's for. You can like feel someone offended. Like, I just can't believe you would kick. I don't want to kick a horse. It's not me. I don't like, I love horses. I love them. I love them. Okay, so don't be offended. (laughs) You just feel like the tension. Like, you kicked a horse with a spur. I didn't know what a spur meant until right now. That was my favorite basketball team. No, I'm not. Okay, so anyway. And it's that, it's that, that, that rider lets the horse know and controls the horse. So see, last week I talked about in marriage, you, you need someone to pat you on the butt, your spouse, amen, not somebody else. You need someone to pat you on the butt. But you also need someone to kick you in the butt. You need someone to go, you're swerving. Get back in line. Your attitude is swerving. Get back in church. You're, you're, man, you're, man, you're getting too angry. Get back in line. You need someone who can spur you on. To love and good deeds. Someone to go, I feel like you're getting distracted. I feel like you're getting discouraged. I feel like you're getting depressed. Come on. Come on. We're going to keep going after God. We're going to keep loving God. Come on. Don't let this bad day turn into a bad year. Come on. And you need someone to, to give you a little kick in the pants. I remember riding a horse a few years ago. I can't believe I did it. I hadn't ridden a horse since I was about 10. I went on this pastor's retreat. It was so awkward. We go up to the mountains. It's all these pastors that I don't know. We have no cell phone service. And they like want you to sit around and like at tables and like confess your sin to each other and everything. It was like so, I just, it's not me. It's not me. And then the next morning they're like, we're going to ride horses and bond. I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. (laughs) But I did it. I did it. And I get on that horse and they gave me a horse named Nina. (laughs) Nina. And I didn't have spurs on, don't worry. I had sweatpants and tennis shoes. I'm like, why am I up here? I felt like I was 100 feet off the air. I'm like, I'm going to die today with no self. I can't even call my wife to tell her goodbye. I'm just going to die up here on this horse. And Nina kept on wanting to get out of line and kept wanting to do her own thing. And the, the little cowboy dude up front, that was, he goes, Jabin, you got to let Nina know who's the boss. And I covered Nina's ears and I said, she's the boss. <laughs> And she knows that. <laughs> and he goes, you got to give her a little kick. You got to let her know. I said, I can't kick this horse. Her name is Nina. <laughs> she was the boss. Later on that night at dinner, we were going around and the little waitress girl that was like the food server, whatever. She was like, wow, you rode horses? I said, yeah, it was my first time ever. It was really scary. I hated it. She goes, you've never ridden a horse? I said, not since I was 10. I hated it. She goes, wow, who'd you have? I said, I had a horse named Nina. She goes, they gave you Nina? (laughs) 
She goes, that's a horse for experienced riders. I said, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. You, <laughs> Go back to the Bible. This isn't a comedy show. This is preaching. Get serious about the word. Okay, verse 25. That's like the comments I get on YouTube. Like, is this like a wannabe comedian that decided to preach? Yeah, because that's what I wanted to do, be a comedian. So, okay, so anyway, sorry. Verse 25. Not giving up meeting together. Look, look, it's all in context. As some are in the habit of doing. He says, if you ever want to hold on to hope unswervingly, you've got to have some friends that will spur you on. And you have to get in the habit of meeting together. He's talking about church. Encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, as the Lord, as you see the signs that the Lord is coming back, you've got to be meeting together. You've got to have faith. Friends, number, number three, you've got to have some dreamers in your life. Dreamers. Dreamers. The Bible says that, period, somebody said. Acts chapter 2 says, Acts chapter 2 says, that when the Spirit of God comes upon you, we'll have dreams and visions. And so David Young, he chose, said that the language of the Holy Spirit is dreams and visions. You have to have Holy Spirit friends in your life that are dreamers that will fan the flame of your dream and your vision. In other words, they don't, they don't let you get so caught up in your circumstance that you can no longer see your future. I, I, I put dreamers, but I really want to say you need some crazy friends. You need crazy friends. You need night owls. You need people that are like, it's 3 a.m., let's go hang out. Like, that's not me anymore. I'm in bed by 9. But y'all, you youngins, you need some people. You need crazy friends in your life. You need dreamers in your life. You need people to go, man, I believe you can do I know it's crazy. You're going to hear 100 no's, but you're going to get a yes from me. I think you can do it. I think you should believe God for that. I think you should, I think you should lean into that thing in your life that's, you got to have some dreamers. 1 Samuel 14, I love this. Uh, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe God will work for us. Just a little context. Jonathan and his friend see their enemy. There's an army around the bend. And Jonathan is like, Let's go pick a fight. <laughs> Maybe God will work for us. Maybe. Jonathan didn't even say, you know what? The Lord told me I've been praying and fasting for 40 days. And the Spirit of God gave me a word that the victory is ours in Jesus' name. It's the word for the year. Victory. We're going to go do it. No, no, no. He goes, Maybe. I don't, look what he goes on to say. There's no rule that says God can only deliver us by using a big army. I, no one can stop God from saving what he sets his mind to. I don't know, let's, like, maybe let's go. And Jonathan's friend is a dreamer. He goes, I had nothing to do today. This is perfect. It's like that scene in Step Brothers, which I've never seen, where, where he goes... Did we just become best friends? You know, it's like, it's like let, let's go. I've never seen it. And Jonathan goes, let's go pick a fight. Maybe God will give us a victory. And, he, and his friend goes, yeah, let's go. And two men go up against an army and get the victory. You got to have some crazy dreamers in your life 
that are fanning the flame of your vision, that aren't just letting you be so obsessed with right here and right now, but are keeping your eyes on the future. Number four, lastly, you got to have some fighters in your life. And not only do you need some fighters in your life, you need to be a fighter for somebody. You, you not only need a few people in your corner, you need to be in the corner of a few people. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. Let's just leave that up for a moment. Friend loves at all times. Are you winning right now? You're crushing it right now? You're killing it right now? I love you. You're in a terrible season, discouraged, don't know what you're going to do next? I love you. Things seem to be really working right now for your life? Also, I love you. Just made the biggest mistake of your life. Don't know what you're going to do. I love you. Things are going well. I love you. I'm celebrating you. You, you, you got a, a person that's going to champion your, your win. I love you. Going to be dealing with some circumstances and some consequences to some mistakes you've made. Yeah, I love you. Crushing it. I love you. Being crushed. I love you. I love at all times. I got you. I might be disappointed in you, but I got you. We might need to fight about this later, but I got you. I love you. I I love at all times. I'm not a fair weather friend. I'm I'm not just around when the sun is shining. I'm around when the storm is blowing. A friend loves at all times. And by the way, a brother is born for a time of adversity. I was born for this. You're going through hell? I was born for this moment. You're broken right now? I was born for this moment. You don't know how you're going to make it another day? I was born for this moment. God assigned me on the planet to make sure that you don't give up in a fight. I was born for adversity. I wasn't just born for the good days. I wasn't just born when the sun is shining. I wasn't just born when you're making money. I wasn't just born when you were an easy friend. I was born for the burden. I was born for the adversity. You struggling? I got you. I was actually born for the struggle. I was born for the moment that your legs no longer work and I have to pick you up. I have to carry you to a roof. I have to tear a hole in the roof and I have to drop you down before Jesus. I was born for that moment. Oh, I'm looking for some friends, man, who are fighters. And you need some friends that when you're in the ring, they're in your corner. And they're shouting you down and they got you and they're saying, swing again, punch, go, don't give up. I got you. And you need some friends that'll say, and if you need to tag me in, I'll go in and I'll fight dirty. I have a metal folding chair back here. We will go from boxing to WWF real quick. And when the devil's not looking, I will hit him with a metal folding chair. I got you, dog. I was born for this moment. I was born for your fight. I was born for your fight. You you need to be that kind of friend. And you need to make sure you've got a couple of people in your... Not everybody. Not everybody can fight for you. But you got to have... Don't put that expectation on everybody. But, But you need a few people. You need a few people that you can text and all you have to say is, 
can you just fight for me today? I'm just, I got you. You, you need a few people that tonight you need to text them and say, I got you. Just got out of church and just had to remind you, I got you. You, you have a friend in me. You have a fighter in me. Let somebody know tonight before they close their eyes, before they lay down tonight. Let somebody know tonight that you have their back. Maybe this wasn't spiritual enough for you tonight. Maybe this wasn't what you came to church for. Can I tell you, this is Christianity. Let me tell you why this is Christianity. Because this is what Jesus did for you. He was born for the adversity that while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. That when Judas betrayed him with a kiss, Jesus looked at him and said, Hello, friend. You just sold me out for 30 pieces of silver, but you're still my friend. I guess I'm not your friend, but you're still my friend. Think about it. That's Jesus. The reason Jesus calls us friends is not because we're always friendly. (laughs) But because he knows that a friend loves at all times. Have you ever thought about it? In John 15, he said, John 16, he said, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. How can he say that? He can say that because he knows the friendship is based on his character, not our character. Because a friend loves at all times and he's a friend. And a brother was born for adversity and he was born for our adversity. And now, because of this vertical walk with Christ, I have to horizontally, I have to give it away. And now I begin to live in what Dr. Mark Sharona calls the cross-shaped life. Faith in God, love for my brothers. And if, if, you'll, if you'll live in this stuff, it'll not only change your friendships, it'll change your marriage. It'll not only change your marriage, it'll change your future. It'll change your family. It'll change everything. A friend loves it all. I was born for the fight. Galatians chapter 6 says it like this, carrying each other's burdens. And in doing so, fulfilling the law of Christ. How do I know I'm a believer? I'll carry you. (laughs) How do I know I love Jesus? I'll carry my brother. How do I know I'm saved? I'll carry my friend when they cannot walk. Carrying each other's burdens. And in doing so, having this vertical, horizontal walk with God. Oh man, may City Light be the most loving, safe, godly, encouraging space in this city. 
that anybody knows and everybody knows that no matter who you are, where you've been, where you're from, and what you've done, there is a house of hope. Come on, somebody. There is a light on a hill. There is light in darkness. And not only is God here, but we're here. And not only will God heal you, we'll encourage you. Because we've been sent by God. And it may not be very sensational, but boy, it's supernatural. God, help us to live this, I pray. In Jesus' name.